This episode is sponsored by Blinkist. Now, one of our favorite books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. In that, he talks about the Eisenhower Matrix, which is like a decision matrix of the type of tasks, the type of activities that you do. And it splits them up in urgent versus important. We spend so much time in the urgent quadrants. We're thinking about all the things that we have to do right now, whether it's replying to that email, answering that phone call, completing that end of month report. We're so caught up in the urgent that we never really cross across into the things that are not so urgent, but are vitally important. And one of those things that is the perfect mix of not urgent, but important is learning. And Blinkist is a great way that you can learn more in less time. Because Blinkist is for anyone who really cares about learning, but doesn't have a lot of time. What it does, it takes the key ideas and insights from over 4,000 non-fiction bestsellers in more than 27 categories and puts them into 15-minute text and audio explainers. And right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com forward slash what you will learn to start a free seven-day trial and get 25% off a Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com forward slash what you will learn. Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today, we're taking you through the best bits of the four-hour body by Timothy Ferris. Subtitle for me was Thinner, Bigger, Faster, Stronger. And for you? Well, I had a different subtitle. Mine's the Uncommon Guide to Rapid Fat Loss, Incredible Sex, and Becoming Superhuman. Both pretty good. Very different marketing approaches. Mustn't have been selling as good as the (laughs) four-hour work week and just decided to come out with a subtitle. (laughs) Well, uh, basically, we're a week into 2021 now. You might have had a New Year's resolution to lose some weight, but the stats show that if uh, you're in the majority, I don't know, 78, whatever the stats are, 80% have probably given up already a week in. Uh, Problem is, most diets suck. Uh, but big old Tim Ferriss, he's got a different approach for us. So it's a lot of hope now if you're listening at the start of 2021 or if you're listening sometime in the future because over the years since writing this book, he's got the results of hundreds of people and the story is always the same. People have lost about 9 kgs of fat in the first month. So for the majority of people who are doing this, it's the first time they've ever been able to crack this kind of milestone. Yeah, 9 kilos or 20 pounds in a month. It sounds, I'd say a lot of people would say that sounds ridiculous. It's not possible. Oh, you definitely take it, but I don't think people would believe it. But uh, Tim Ferriss, he's found the answer basically to have a a phenomenal first month that'll obviously keep you going from there on. Now, every other popular diet out there, it can be summarized in a couple of lines quite easily. You go out there, eat more greens, eat less saturated fat, and just go out there and exercise more and burn calories. Yeah, uh, it's a, that's pretty simple diet advice, but we're not covering any of that because whilst it's simple, it's not necessarily accurate. It makes sense that if you're burning more calories than you're taking in, so if you're exercising more than you're eating, you're going to lose weight. But the, the problem is then you think, okay, well, it's fine. I'll just have a one Oreo cookie and then I'll just do a bit of exercise and I'll burn it off. Ferris says that if you actually did the math on that, one Oreo cookie takes 27 flights of stairs to burn off. Hmm. So you might think, okay, that's one Oreo cookie. I've got to climb 27 flights of stairs. There's something missing in that whole diet there that uh, obviously calories in and calories out is just a simple way, but it's not necessarily the best way to diet. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of BS on that calorie stuff. Like I know... People I know, like my brother, they might not eat any breakfast, any lunch, but they 
if they're going by the calorie system, they're having a Big Mac meal for dinner. <laughs> and according to the calorie-only system, that'd be healthy, which is yeah. obviously not true. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of nuance within that and not necessarily calories in, calories out is the best way to do it. Uh, what Tim Ferriss says, the best way to diet is actually to do what Tim Ferriss always does and to go the 80-20 approach. Focus on the smallest amount of stuff that is going to have the biggest impact. So that 80-20 comes up a lot of books from old mate Vilfredo Pareto. He found that 20% of people in society owned 80% of the wealth. And then he found that actually in his backyard, 20% of the pea pods gave him 80% of the peas. So this 80-20 mm-hmm. pops up all over the shop. So when it comes to diet, we want to find what's that key 20% of things that we need to do to give us 80% of our dieting results. So rather than doing the calorie intake model, we'll call it, Tim, he goes technical in the book, which we don't need to go deep into now. But he's looking at two completely underexploited paths, and that's heat and hormones. And what specific foods you should be eating and actions you should be taking in order to get these things working in your favor. And then from there, it's going to be downhill skiing, and you're going to be absolutely blown away by how quickly those 9 kgs fall off. So there's 9 kilos or there's 20 pounds we've been talking about a lot. This is that magic number. It's going to be our goal of body recomposition. So this body recomposition we want to do of 9 kilos, it could be lose nine kilos, it could be put on nine kilos of muscle, or it could be somewhere in the middle, you know, like lose six kilos of fat plus add three kilos of muscle. And this nine kilo number, this magical 20 pound number, that's what's going to really bump you up a few levels on the attractiveness scale. Tim Ferriss says it can really take you from a six to a nine. It can make you change uh, two clothing sizes. So go from an XXL to an L or going from a 16 to a 12. That's going to be our goal. So remember, we're talking about the 80-20 kind of principle. You're probably going to get diminishing returns when you go beyond that. So 9 kgs, it's a good enough target to have a huge impact without just making yourself just dedicate your whole life to uh, becoming a bit more like Arnie. And the vehicle, we're going to take it there. And this is where Tim Ferriss's four-hour body is very different to all others and very effective. And it's what he calls the slow-carb diet. So this slow-carb diet has only five simple rules that we need to follow. So this is a diet that's going to help us lose weight quickly or if you're building muscle as well, it can help you with that too. Because I think simplicity is very important with all this because if you try and open up some kind of diet and it's extremely complex and every day you wake up and you go, oh, is this part of it? Is that Mm. part of it? Yeah, if you've got to like, if you've got to weigh your food and you've got to work out your macros and calculate which calories are coming from carbs, proteins, and fats, and you've got to say, okay, well, I can have 30 grams of chicken and I've got to have 60 grams of spinach, then that's a bloody hard diet to stick to. 100%, man. And when it comes to the list we're about to talk about, I think the best part is you can eat as much as you want, which is extremely important for people like me who loves eating a lot of food and removes a lot of the complexity because portion sizes, uh, it's, it's very difficult to do. Mm. Okay, so rule number one and probably the biggest rule out of everything is don't eat any white carbohydrates. So that means no bread, no rice, either white rice or brown rice, uh, no cereal, no potatoes, no pasta, no tortillas and none of the fried food like your dim sims and your spring rolls with that white floury um, batter on it. So basically anything that's got a white carbohydrate in it, cut that out. Very simple rule. But that's that's a pretty big one. I think a lot of people eat a lot of bread, a lot of pasta you got to cut all that out. Yeah, it'll be a real pain for some people. Rule number two, eat the same few meals over and over again. So the most successful dieters, regardless of their goal, whether it's losing fat, this recomp goal, or to put on loads of muscle, they just eat the same meals over and over again. So if you go to the local supermarket, they're going to have tens of thousands of different products there. 
And really, there's only going to be a small select few that aren't going to make you fat. Pretty much every product by default, <laughs> it's going to make you fat. So we just need to look at the simple ones that are going to help us achieve our goals. Yeah, and we can break it down quite simply is uh, your main sort of proteins, uh, your main legumes, and your main supplementary vegetables. So we'll have a full list on the on the website to check it out if you want to check out the blog post for this website. But basically, you can eat as much of this stuff as you want. Because these three categories really make up most meals. So for protein, you might have egg, chicken, beef, fish, or pork. Pick one of them. For legumes, you throw a few black beans in there, bolotti beans, red beans, soya beans, and then your veg. So simply spinach, mixed veg, including broccoli and cauliflower, uh, kimchi, asparagus, peas, green beans. So this isn't the full exhaustive list, but it gives you a little bit of a taste. So basically what uh, the reason for those legumes, and this is what a lot of people um, fall in the trap of is is without those legumes, you really don't feel full enough. So Ferris says if you just go if you just go meat and veg, then you're sometimes feeling full and that's when you start to go for your pasta or you have a little peanut butter sandwich, which again violates rule number one. So by adding in lentils or beans or black beans or soybeans, any of these is, is going to help you feel full throughout the day. Rule number three is don't drink calories. I think it's a very good rule just in general for mm. any kind of diet because really they're just empty calories and they're not really adding any kind of nutrition or fullness or anything like that. They're just putting kgs on. So that means uh, drink a lot of water. Uh, you're allowed to have as much unsweetened tea or coffee as you want, um, but things that are off the list now, milk is off, soft drinks are obviously off, fruit juice is off. People might think that an orange juice is healthy, but not when you're uh, trying to have a nine kilo recomposition goal. Beers are out, white wines are out. He says here that red wine is okay <laughs> in small doses. Don't know about that. I think that's just Ferris. He loves his red wine, so he's found a way to work a rule in that, that lets you drink red wine. Yeah, I think he's rationalized his way <laughs> through that, but I'll take it. I have tried this diet, by the way, I and I did it for three weeks and I did lose, what, five or six kgs and I'll tell you about the results at the end of this episode about how it all ended. But I really like this one because I smashed a few glasses of the red, probably a lot more than 100 mil <laughs> that he's uh, recommending here. Rule number four um, is an interesting one. Don't eat fruit. Um, so he says that uh, you know fruit in itself is not necessarily bad, but he's saying that humans, we didn't evolve to eat fruit all day every day. The thing now with international trade routes is that you can have fresh oranges from anywhere in the world at any time of year. Normally, it used to be if oranges are in season, you can eat them. If they're not in season, you've got to wait till next year. Mm. But now we can just have any fruit we want at any time. Yeah, I used to think pulling out the Nutribullet, getting a banana in there, chucking an apple, you're putting about five pieces of fruit in there. That's a whole bunch of sugar you're just chucking into your body and uh, it's very unlikely that if you had to eat it and as we evolve, then this would be a typical meal. Hmm. Now, this um, the fifth rule is probably the best by far. This is the best actually. <laughs> the best rule by far is that take one day off per week. So, rules one through four, that applies for six days a week and then rule five is that no rules on the seventh no. day, basically. Go absolutely as wild as you possibly can. That's the Tim Ferriss cheat day. Have whatever the hell you want. Ice cream, Snickers, chips, mm. chocolates, uh, whatever the hell you want. It's actually recommend. He actually recommends this in a way that it improves your fat loss by spiking caloric intake 
once a week is going to mean your way back down in the next few days mm. is going to add to your overall weight loss. Yeah, you might when you, if you're looking at the scales and you think, okay, I've lost four kilos this week, and then on Saturdays your cheat day, and then you get on the scales on Sunday morning, you've put on two, and you think, well, that's half my week done. But what Ferris says, it it only takes a, another day or two to get back to where you were, and then keep going. And he says the benefits of this is that there is no like long term down regulation of metabolism. So if you did all day, every day, followed the four rules and cut down on your, um, you know, cut out the fruits, cut out the caloric drinks, cut out the white carbs. He says that over the long term, your body actually says, okay, well, this is how much food I'm going to get. So this is how much energy I'm going to burn each day. But by spiking it once every day, your body thinks, oh man, there's, uh, there's this wild amount of food that I've got to process. So it keeps your metabolism high. Mm. So that is pretty much utopia. When I was doing it, man, I was loading <laughs> up donuts, croissants. I remember one cheat day, I had my normal breakfast, lunch and dinner, absolutely loaded it up for every meal and in between. And then I went to a, a party and on the way home, I was already full, but I knew, all right, Sunday through Friday, I'm going to have to go mm. back on the diet. So I got another family pizza <laughs> and I'm already full and I actually finished the whole pizza. Oh, nice. When I got home, just nothing. <laughs> And that's and that's actually what he recommends is he says like actually make yourself a little bit sick on yeah. that day because then for the next two or three days you're going to be thinking oh man I don't want to eat any of that crap anymore anyway so it's only really a couple of days you got to sort of fight through this diet uh, and a, another thing like another suggestion from the book was like uh, as a bit of I guess a, a way of of trying to get over some of those cravings during the week is he says that you write down like on a carry a little sticky notepad around with you and if you're walking through the shops and you see a big tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream and you think, oh man, I could really go for that, but it's Wednesday and it's not your cheat day, put the Ben and Jerry's ice cream on a little sticky note. So then on Saturday morning, you collect all your sticky notes, go to the shops, go wild, buy the 15 different things that you've written down throughout the week that you've been craving and just pile it all in. And it's a lot of fun when you're dieting and you're actually getting results and you're going out with your friends and you're eating the fattiest meal at the table and they're like, how the hell are you losing weight eating that <laughs> shit? And you can just smile and nod and uh, just write in the compliments. So really, that's the that's the five rules of the slow-carb diet. So one, cut out all white carbohydrates. Two, have the same small number of three or four different meals that you repeat over and over. Three, don't drink calories. Four, don't eat fruit. And then five, the fun one, cheat day. Take one day off every single week. So that's the diet. Obviously, there's going to be pitfalls and hurdles that you'd overcome on the way. And it's good to always, whether you're doing a project for a business, a diet, whatever you might be doing, it's always a good idea to do a pre-mortem and understand some of the things that are likely to knock you out and take you off track. Uh, one big mistake, which wasn't on the run sheet, but one I thought of is the uh, the cheat day. If you give yourself too much room on that cheat day, basically what the, the cheat day is, it's from waking up to going to sleep. If you think it's from midnight to midnight and you think, oh, it's midnight, you know, 12.30 a.m. on a Friday night. I'll have that now because it's technically Saturday. So then that you start your cheat day a few hours early and then go to sleep and then you get up early on Sunday morning and it's still cheat day. Mm. That's a big one that you, can, that you can get out of. Also, I guess, doing multiple cheat days. If you think, oh, it's this week I'll do Sunday, next week I'll do Saturday and it keeps getting closer and closer, <laughs> then uh, there's a few ways you can take that cheat day a bit too far. Oh, yeah, I know that all too well. <laughs> Another interesting mistake he's got here is skipping breakfast as being a very bad thing. And this is probably... Th- People think intuitively, especially in the calorie school, that you're just taking less calories in mm. and less food. Surely that's going to help. But remember, we're talking about uh, utilizing fat-burning hormones. And the best way to do that is by having 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes 
of waking. So having a few hard-boiled eggs or whatever that breakfast might look like, this being really important for the diet. Yeah, definitely. So the, uh, a big part of that, one part is obviously feeling full so then you're not snacking regularly. And another big part is, that, as you say, the hormone side of things that your body knows that if your body knows that it's not going to get any food, it'll probably shut down some of the systems and yet it, it won't be in the fat-burning mode. So Tim Ferriss's most recommended thing, he, he's obviously all about efficiency. He says, hard boil a bunch of eggs the night before so they're peeled and ready to go. Uh, he says a can of lentils as well to get your legumes in and he also likes a handful of wilted spinach or something. So that's a that's a pretty good breakfast you can have every single day straight away. Hard-boiled egg, a few lentils, a bit of spinach um, and you've met your 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of waking up. Another mistake is the believing that you're going to cook because you hear all these things and you get all jacked up for the diet on day one and you buy all the ingredients. Assuming that you're going to cook during the week, but during the week, it's a Wednesday night, you had a massive day in the office, you get home and you got you got this cognitive load on how the hell am I going to put all that together and whip up a meal. <laughs> so you just get on Uber Eats or something like that. Yeah. So we need to prepare for those moments in advance. Well, then it's like it's a lot easier to... Um boil a pot of pasta than to cook a you know meat and veggies so then you're thinking oh i might i'll have a bit of pasta tonight and then you're violating rule one another big mistake is overeating on domino foods so he says things like nuts chickpeas hummus uh all of these things they're fine in small doses but they're also very dangerous in the sense that if you have a you know have three or four peanuts then you've got a taste for peanuts you have three or four more and then you leave a plate to sit on your desk, you pick away at them, you pick away at them. He says they're like domino foods that once you have one, it just knocks over the whole stack and all of a sudden you've eaten about 300 grams of peanuts and mm. you're, you're about to have 300 more. The next one, which I think is the most important, is measuring progress. So talking about a pre-mortem, this is something I didn't give enough weight to and I think you as well before the pun? episode, you're going to cut this out. Sorry? Enough weight, good pun. <laughs> yeah, it was totally intentional then. But... uh before the episode, you wanted to cut this out. Oh, this one's, you know, it's not that yeah, important. I still think cut it, but that's all right. <laughs> but because what this diet does, it's all about recomposition. It's not about weight loss. Mm. You might actually be losing fat and uh, improving muscle gain by taking on this diet. And what happened to me was I started the diet, kicked ass in the first week. I messaged you, messaged everyone. <laughs> so I've already lost four kilos. I remember you telling me I've lost three kilos in three days. I was like, oh, yeah, talk to me in three weeks. Yeah. And uh, I was also taking a photo each week. And what I noticed by week three, week four, is my actual weight wasn't going down whatsoever. But if you looked at the photos, my body composition was absolutely changing. But because I wasn't measuring it along the way, the actual body fat, I didn't stick with it because I wasn't getting the progress from the start. So uh, here, what he's recommending is measure your actual body fat as the weight. Get away from the scales. It's not about that. We're talking about nine kilograms of body recomposition as something that's going to make you look a lot better. Yeah, exactly. If you're using the scale as your only tool for measuring, uh, the first week or two is going to be awesome, but then you might get disheartened. So as you say, he recommends that a DEXA scan, which gives you a body fat percentage. And even if the scales aren't going down, you'll see that your body fat percentage is going down. Yeah, it's only cost about 35 bucks a scan or something like that for me, which sounds like a bit of money. But when we're talking about achieving the goals and removing this obstacle, then it's well and truly worth it. So those are some of the things that can go wrong on this uh, simple diet, but there's obviously plenty of room to go wrong here. Uh, what we want to do instead is to we want to take adherence very seriously. Uh, there's a few positive things that we can do that will make sure that we'll stick with this diet and get to our goal of 20-pound body recomposition. So 
So being a human, there's inevitably going to be a force that is going to try and make you fail. It's the reason why everyone's stopping those New Year's resolutions early. It's the reason why everyone's quitting diets, not achieving any of their goals. And it's something that's just taking the easy way out. At 9pm for some people, you're watching Netflix and you're on a diet and there's a party you just wants to pull out those chockies, grab the Tim Tams and everything like that. Man, that's very powerful kind of force. So we want to set up some counter forces as best we can. And the way we're going to do that is tap into some areas of psychology. So one of them is to make it competitive. So I actually had a mate, this is going back probably eight years, a mate named Devraj. I don't know if he listens anymore or not, but uh, we'll give him a shout out. That he, um, he made like a Facebook group, added about 100 people in there and said, guys, I want to lose 15 kilos or whatever whatever it was uh, and I need a bit of accountability. So he's got on there, he's playing on that sort of public accountability, that social pressure of it and then he, he took bets. So he said to anybody um, who wants to put a bet on me, you know, I'm going to lose 15 kilos in two months. Uh, if you Put a bet on, if you win, like if I don't lose, I'll pay you back double um, and if I lose the 15 kilos, I'm going to take that money and donate it to charity. So playing on a bit of loss aversion there as well. So that he knew that he had about 500 bucks there of people betting. If he lost 15 kilos, he'd donate 500 bucks to charity. Mm. If he didn't lose 15 kilos, he had to pay a thousand bucks out to all his mates who were going to hang shit on him for the next 10 years. But he did it. He got there. So good on him. Now, the second thing we can do is just make it conscious. For me, throughout 2020, I started a pretty healthy weight. But without knowing it, I just slowly stacked on, stacked on the kilos. And then there was actually this one moment where I was taking a video of myself doing a funny video I was sending to a couple of people with my shirt off. And then I looked back at that photo. I was like, Jesus Christ, is that is that me? You know, this big gut sticking out. And for some reason, I think my brain tricks me when I'm looking in the mirror. Like, I look I somehow look pretty good in the mirror, I think. But this video really kind of said, all right, enough's enough. Time to start losing some weight and uh, get on, onto this diet. I think there's def- that definitely um, there's the mind or the eyes definitely play tricks on you. I remember one of our good mates, um, Peter Fitzsimons, we did an <laughs> interview with him that never made it onto the podcast. That's a whole different story in itself. But he had this book called The Great Aussie Bloke Slim Down or something. And mm. he was saying that he used to be a rugby player, used to play at about 100 kilos. He was a big, he was like six foot five or something. So he was a tall dude, but he got all the way up to 150 kilos. And he said he was still looking in the mirror and thinking, yeah, I'm a big, tough, strong rugby player. But really, he was just very, very fat. So the mind, the mind and the eyes definitely play tricks on you like that. He calls it, Tim Ferriss, the Harakuju moment, uh, also known as like the bit of a frog in boiling water analogy. A frog, if it's in the water, supposedly, I don't know who's measured this, tortured this poor frog, (laughs) but you chuck the stove on, the frog's actually not going to jump out of the water if you slowly boil it and it's going to have a slow, painful death. But if the frog was actually out of the water, jumps in and goes, oh shit, that's really hot, it'll jump (laughs) straight the hell out. But what we do, if we're actually in the the saucepan, we'll actually just let it slowly boil Mm. to the point we're actually putting a lot more weight on than we thought. Yeah, so that Harajuku moment, that's realizing, holy shit, the water is boiling, I better get out. And so that's like you saying that you had that video and then you look back at the video and it looks slightly different to what you saw in the mirror and you thought, holy crap, uh, the water is boiling, so I need to jump the hell out of here. So that was the Harajuku moment. So this is something everyone can listen to right now. If you're never going to have this moment, you might be that frog in the boiling water without knowing it. For me, what I did is I got the camera out and I took a few photos from all different angles and realized, shit, this is serious. And uh, I thought, all right, this is going to be my before photo. And like your old mate earlier, I sent it to a whole bunch of mates and said, all right, you watch me in four weeks' time, I'm going to send an after photo, um, which I did. And I was, 
albeit I got a bit of a tan in the meantime. <laughs> the original photo, I was looking very miserable with the gut out and the after photo, I had this big smile and was actually flexing. <laughs> but that doesn't really matter. <laughs> so this is really the moment for everyone to just, you got the choice now, you can take the camera out and if you're ever going to do it, take the photos now. And if you're serious and you want to set yourself up for success, send the photo of your, your gut hanging out from all different angles to a few people who you're going to be really embarrassed and uncomfortable in sending it to and tell them, look, in six weeks' time, I'm going to send you another photo and you watch me go. And if you're a bit uncomfortable sending it to a mate, how about you just send it to us, podcast at whatyoullearn.com and we'll make sure we'll follow you up in six <laughs> weeks to see how you went. So as we said, if you want to take this challenge, hit us up at podcast at whatyouwillearn.com. I'll actually post the photo of my before and after photo on our Instagram. So if you want to check that out, the miserable before photo and the real happy and jolly after photo with the better sunlight and tan and hair tied back and big smiles, go to Instagram and find us at whatyouwillearn.